Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Well, Slackers, how's it going? Are you as good? You're looking incredible. I love that ear piercing on you. You just look absolutely amazing. Hope your Friday was black. I hope your gutters are free from leaves. This is the Slacker Podcast, a podcast that is designed to play the first demos from class bands, class artists, and to chat a little bit about the early days as well. We are nostalgic all over this place. I want to start this week's podcast by saying big up to you all because these are all a bunch of sound feckers. The love we have been getting on last week's podcast with Dodie has been absolutely class. And we got loads of reviews on the Apple podcast chart, which really made me smile because it got right up in the charts and loads more people seen it and therefore more people downloaded it more people listened to it and because i don't get paid to do this uh, it makes me very happy to share um what i'm doing with as many people as i possibly can um i hope you've been good over the last seven days i have been chilling in brighton i have just finished my book which i'm very proud of two and a half years off work and it's called the slacker's guide to the music industry and i will tell you all about that in the midpoint of this episode because i don't want to slabber on for too long before our guest anyway right enough of my shit let's see who's rolling through the slacker studios this week as you can probably see or read already because i'm not going to pretend like you don't know because it'll say on the podcast uh description below it is himself it is hosier he is one of the standout success stories in global music over the last five years He's rocketed through the charts all over the world with his self-titled debut album and um, Take Me to Church being the lead single from that record, which you will have heard everywhere, um, especially like a couple of years ago. But what a, what a great tune, um, which coincidentally is the demo version of what we have this week on the podcast. So a never heard before version of Take Me to Church for Hosier fans, um, which is very special. He's also one of my favorite people to talk to. Um, he is obviously 
in tune with his music we talk a little bit about that but there's all sorts of different bits and pieces that we talk about as well just like this I think when people get a chance to listen to different types of music and people are given the opportunity to hear something that they haven't heard before you know if they connect with it they'll connect with it you know mm. what I mean and, and people are, are open to it you know and you, you get those unlikely hits I was happy with the song and I was happy with what the song on its own terms had achieved but I didn't think that it would be the hit that it that it was. It can be intense, man. You can get some intense messages and, and people, you know, want to share that with you and that's mm. really, that's amazing. And if, you, if, you've, if you've done something that means something to somebody, that's really rewarding. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew, Mr. Hosier, hello. Hey, how's it going? Are you well? I am indeed. Yeah, I am well. What is the crack with you this Friday? This Friday, just, just sitting doing loads of, you know, chatting to a few people and talking about singles coming up and albums coming up. And uh, this is our last day in London. So um, we we had a, a few days here. We did, did Live Lounge yesterday. And, and then... Um, what did you cover? I did. Uh, I kind of was returning the returning the love. Uh, Demi Lovato had done a cover of one of my songs. I think her last time in the uh-huh. live bench. So it was kind of just uh, just kind of returning the favor, returning the love. And I know she she had a, she had like you know she had a, 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 di- t- a difficult time, difficult time. Yeah, so yeah. If it puts a smile on her face, there's there's a win. Ah, well, but that's a, that's a, a really nice sentiment, and you've you've now got that sort of. Live lounge bond between you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. um, no, really good. Um, really cool to sit down and uh, chat to you for a bit. I've actually got a lovely cup of tea here as well. I feel I feel very relaxed in your company already, Andrew. What can I say? That's that's that is that's a good thing, and you've every reason to be. Good, oh, that's all right. That. Although I did say just before we started this, I'm far enough away from you that you, you, <laughs> you can't punch me in the face if no. I ask like a really bad question. No, I would. I never would. I want to play a, a demo. Yes. Um, as we do at the start of every Slacker podcast, we play a, a demo of um, yours, and this this is this is going way back. This is a demo of "Take Me to Church." Yeah, that that song that uh, might, might you you might do okay with that song. I might might do all right. I did all right. I don't know because <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll let's let's play a little bit of it, and okay. then we'll talk about it about that. Totally. I actually brought, I actually had my laptop with me, and I, when I listened to it the other day, when they were like, "Do you mind if they play this demo?" Um, I just like opened it up for the first time in fucking five years, you know, just like the Logic session or whatever. Um, I was amazed at how much like didn't go on after, you know what I mean? The demo is just pretty much what the song was, like you know what I mean? We we just re-recorded the bits. We didn't. Uh... But when yeah, when I was listening to it, I was like. It, it's very respectful to what it ended up being. Yeah, I don't think we did. I don't think we did a huge amount um, from it. I think that's kind of what I liked working with Rob at the time as well. I would probably say this conversation when there's when there's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll burn out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was just amazed. You heard? When, when was the last time you heard it? I hadn't listened to the demo for yeah. uh, six years, five five years. I hadn't listened to the actual recording for, I'd say, three, four years. I, I don't... Once it's done, I don't want yeah, to... Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, See you later. Like, change, change the radio station.
that was a demo of Take Me to Church um, from Hosier. What, what, time stamp that for me. Uh, Are you good at it? I'm, I'm awful. If somebody asked me to timestamp something like yeah. in the 2000s. Yeah, I would say that that demo was probably made 2000, early 2014 or late 2013. Yeah. I could, actually, I could open up the laptop and see when, you know, when the actual... Do you still, the, is the laptop that you're using still the same one from 2013? I don't think so. I think I've done a, a time machine on it. <laughs> oh, that's but, all right. I was like going, you could probably get a new one. You're probably due a new one by yeah, now. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think I'm rocking a, a 2012 Mac um, or MacBook maybe. Or maybe it's a 2012. Oh, well, we know that you're not using that for your drum machine or anything like when you're... When you're not on play. stage. Not yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah. What's that Apple noise We've, that I've, just goes... Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's, we, ve- that's very much like an old school first gig sort of thing. Oh, we and we, yeah, I've, done, I've been there and done yeah. that. And kind of, I had my old actually the Mac that that demo was made on w- was used to trigger MIDI MIDI sounds actually in, in the first few gigs, in the first in the first tour I think, and, and definitely had there was one or two hard breaks <laughs> with, with that. Were you one of those guys that like when something would go wrong and you were firing off stuff from your laptop that mm-hmm. you would just it, like I always feel really so hard for those people when they're trying to find the wire mm-hmm. or what the program is or yeah. what's closed down yeah it's easier having a band isn't it it is it helps when you have somebody else to, to it actually wasn't too bad it was more I think it was a few gigs we had used like Logic Mainstage or something like yeah. that um, but it, it was it, it wasn't it wasn't the worst it used to crash and did this fantastic thing where it would just squeal like this whatever it would just <laughs> like a banshee pick, it would just squeal. pick a note yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it was it was for an organ sound in particular uh-huh. and it would just pick a note so far out of the key and just scream it out of the and, the, and you'd be stuck <laughs> there would be no you would just have to do a hard a hard kind of there is a reset button that we that we did discover but yeah yeah and you're just like mm, well, maybe I'll just get a band together yeah um yeah. Can you tell me where you recorded that? You, was that in your when your home? Did that was you, in my studio, in my attic. Yeah, um, in my parents' attic, I suppose. Okay, yeah, because I had moved, I had moved back home when. Um, so this is like after uni. This was after I had dropped out of uni. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's a good reason to drop out. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I, if I had songs like that when I was dropping out. But there was, a, there was, a, there was a period of, 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 of there was, a, there was, a, there was, a, there was a period of idleness. Um, but there has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose so. I suppose so. We've, all, we've, we've all had. I finished university and was pushing trolleys around a supermarket for a yeah. year. Yeah, it's, yeah. I didn't enjoy it, but I mean, you, you need that moment to reflect. Yeah, I think I think you do. I think I I I don't think people realize how burned out how burned out they are after secondary school, after and, secondary school and, and college. And, yeah. Going straight into college and then just being completely burned out, you know. You've been in the education system for around about 17 years probably yeah. if you've gone to university as well, yeah. 7 yeah. and 7 and 4. Yeah. Uh, um yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but nothing. Is Academia as... wasn't for me. No, oh, Jesus, no. And like, I don't know about you, but nothing was ever as stressful to me as as what the leaving cert was, or like the GCSEs, or you know that that those final years. The onset of my anxiety came on at A level. I yeah. remember having a full on panic attack and having no idea what it was, like while doing an English literature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. To- uh, and you're like, what? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a very difficult time in everybody's life and yeah. in teenagers' life. But yeah. I, I suppose when. You've got something like music or writing music, like that's a very easy solace. Definitely, yeah, and that was that was kind of a 
that was nice. And a lot of stuff that feels like procrastination. Because, you know what I mean, in academia, in, in the mentality of academia, you're like, what are you doing? You're wasting time. Yeah. And you might, you're fiddling with something that is just, it's a stupid hobby. Yeah. But it becomes, you know, it becomes what you base your life around then. But like, I th- surely you haven't gone to Trinity. You, you must have a, a, a decent grasp of academia because you don't get in there for being a numbnut. Like. I, I, did, I did okay. I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I, f- I felt very lucky to, to get in. I, I was one of those kids who could, do okay with very little study, and um, oh, which is hear, good. Because they hate people like you. I know. I'm sorry. Because I, I would, I would, st- I didn't study ever really until about two days beforehand, and I'd cram it all in. Yeah, yeah. And I'd just about get there. Yeah, I, I was a crammer. Yeah, 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 absolute crammer. And I would, I, you know, I just got my first choice. I won't say I, I excelled. I definitely did not. Um, but uh, and that's you haven't got like a photographic memory or something like that. No, no. I can I kind of was good with textbooks I can kind of I did I was very good at biology and stuff like that where I could I could I can't a teenage re- boy good at biology yeah I could <laughs> <laughs> I could like anything where I had to draw diagrams I could recall images quite okay and recall I don't know but like anyway you're still you're still exhausted after after leaving cert I went got into Trinity College um didn't have a great grasp of reading music or you know was able to do a little bit of sight singing and a tiny like managed to sort of to get in there but realised the work that you know I really was behind on, on my fundamentals definitely when I was in there but also realised that the skills although I was loving it and I was making great friends the skills that I needed to do what I really wanted to do was something I just had to had to figure out on my own you know yeah I, th- I think like that's something that's really important is to have that space to be and, that, and that's the idleness that you need in, in, in that sort of post university yeah. post school yeah. or post maybe I don't know like NVQ or whatever it is that you're studying to be able to like sit there and yeah. almost do a really shit job that you don't want to do because yeah. like there's nothing that spurs you on a little bit more than, than yeah, totally. sitting in a dead end <laughs> job and being like right yeah. okay yeah 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 the kind of crushing weight of, of that and then like okay well i better do something <laughs> yeah you know, like, I, I know like because like i i didn't i got into radio and radio turned out to be my sort of calling what i what i wanted to do but mm-hmm. i didn't know that until i was like 23 and was it kind of like pushed into it right right yeah. yeah like what what age were you when you sort of thought that music would be a a career path for I you. was young I was young when I but it was always a pipe dream you know so I was like 14 or 15 I joined the first band and I realised I could sing and I realised I, I loved I loved music although I was a crap guitar player I couldn't play guitar I started kind of teaching myself yeah by listening to you what, know. what sort of band was it? I was 15 I joined a um, my brother was a drummer in, in this band of local musicians this uh, is in Bray isn't it? this was as far as Bray, I think that I think that some of the members were from Bray. A lot were from Kilcool. Yeah, and um, the Kilcool Massive. The Kilcool Massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And um, myself and my brother were in in a village called Newcastle. But um, it was like this this soul covers band. It was like we called ourselves the Blue Zoots, and it was real real ramshackle. But um, the but Blue I have Zoots. Zoot, as in Z O O T S. See, a Zoot is a like sort of UK phrase for like. Weed, oh, like right. a zoot, yeah, it? okay, yeah. It was it, for us. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, for us, a zoot is like a zoot suit is like the, one of those old, you know, those kind of like nineteen twenties or thirties like dapper oh, swing yeah. dance suits that uh-huh. are like real boxy, kind of those real boxy, kind of outrageous big lapeled suits that the mask big, would wear. Big shoulders, yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 Um, 
So I don't know why it was. A did big... you wear? Did you wear those type we of suits? No, you didn't come and love to see fifteen-year-olds in those big suits. <laughs> we could, we bought. We used to wear second-hand <laughs> charity shop suit jackets and, and yeah. ties. Yeah, um, I thought that would be incredible. Yeah, I'm sure there's photos out there somewhere. Oh, there is. They'll a, haunt you at some point. They, right? Jesus, I now haven't talked about them in an interview. Anyway, definitely somebody <laughs> will fish them out. Yeah, but um, it was really kind of you know I have to say. They were great musicians and like I was 15 and they were 18, 17 year olds and stuff. So I was kind of the youngest. It's kind of a big difference between 15 and 18. There is, yeah. And I was thrilled. That's yeah, yes. that's like that's like almost like a decade in art in terms it, of like what age you are now. Yeah, you growing know? up, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. I uh, I had my first beer definitely with, you know, as a as a, uh, as a a young lad on a, on a beach with these these older kids and thought I was, I would thought yeah, I was. I'm, I'm so cool. I'm so cool. But, but I can't go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but they were good sax players or we had horn players and stuff like that and we just were all kind of united with this idea of you know doing doing kind of blues covers and soul covers and mm. stuff like that. Um, did you did you play around the did, like were you allowed to play? Like, were you allowed little, in? Yeah, a little yeah. few shows. Yeah, like a lot of youth youth hall shows and stuff like that. that oh yeah, of, I've done the know. youth hall shows and I've done what was the one we did one at the all the girls' school, the Loretto Convent, and we came okay. second and won three. Easter eggs and there was four of us in the oh, band. Very good. It was a great, it was a great <laughs> moment. I've, I've, I've got it up there. It's like one of my favourites. Who was a remember who didn't get the get the egg? That was the drummer. <laughs> of course, the drummer doesn't get of course it. Poor drummer. Yeah. You're lactose intolerant. I'm like, <laughs> okay. we're telling you now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, you, yeah, you, like, was your was your your past supportive about this? Because obviously, like, you're playing in a blues cover band at 15. He must be like, oh my god. Yeah, I'm, were, I'm so lucky because he loves blues music. Yeah, they were super supportive at the time, and they were kind of, you know, we we were, you know, we were kids, you know, just you know playing around. But they were really like folks. Yeah, they were really really supportive, and we used to host the rehearsals at, at Argaff. And um, yeah, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Just just you know, these things wind themselves down uh, as they do. But we 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 did have a lot of fun and kind of played a few. Yeah, especially at that. It's like everybody's going off to different countries or going so, off to university. Or yeah, exactly. University or get, getting jobs, etc. All all the likes of it. Yeah. What age did you did you go to festivals when you were a teenager? The first festival, yeah, I was sixteen and I went to Oxygen. See, yeah. I, I, that's exactly the same as me. Yeah, yeah. I was sixteen and I went to Oxygen. For me. I think it was one of the first, or so, it wasn't the first one, but it was very, very close to mm-hmm. from when I changed from Witness to Oxygen. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this outside of the UK, this is basically like the equivalent of like a Reading and Leeds in England mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like a road to Damascus moment for me. Yeah. I yeah. like, And I think it is, it's like a rite of passage for any teenager to go Definitely. to a festival. But Definitely. I don't know about you, what? seeing all of these bands in the one place, I was like, I want to do this. Yeah, there was there was something... There is that kind of thing when you when you're witnessing somebody on stage and like I forget now I forget now what it's what it's what it's like but like there is this sort of um there's just this you kind of can can stand very much in awe like like somebody's up there there's something mm-hmm. just very very magic about about witnessing that um I was maybe 15 or 16 I want to say the first time I went I didn't even drink I was one of those teenagers who was like yeah. oh, I'm not going to drink yet I'm going to choose when I want to drink Yeah you know exactly I mean? I'm I'm going to I'm going to be me Yeah totally yeah. And the the fair play to you, like a, a lot of people wouldn't do that. Like. I was also the youngest there, so I didn't really, yeah. have, you know what I mean. Everyone else was a bit, a bit older, but um, the lineup was outrageous. And I remember happening one night. This, oh my god! I remember doing eight hours in the main stage, just trying <laughs> to get up to the front barrier, yeah. just waiting for people to, you know what I mean, just get that little bit of room. People would leave, etc. The lineup was. I do remember. I remember seeing 
watching the magic numbers. I think it was like hard fight and then the magic numbers. I can't imagine you had hard fight. <laughs> I, yeah, it was it was all because it was all because James Brown was, was, was James Brown. He was yeah finishing that night. And James I, Brown played a couple of years in a row, and I remember that. I said to my friends, I'll see him next year. Like it was a thing that James Brown comes back every year and that was the year that he, he, passed, he away. passed away. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was it, it, I was thrilled but it was like, I think it was Magic Numbers, Arctic Monkeys, The Strokes, Kings of Leon. I was Who, at this one. The Who yeah. and then James Brown. It was just an outrageous lineup. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 And, but like that that does shape you, I think. I think going to those early festivals does shape you as a human. Yeah. yeah and also totally. you see, like when you're 16, 15 or 16, you see into the darkness yeah, you do, of, you do of, of what older people are doing oh, totally. when, they get, when they get fucked up that was yeah that was another one I was like oh what is going on sad and gross <laughs> you know adulthood is grim like. yeah exactly yeah. Um, but like yeah having having um, creative parents must have been really cool like I've always thought when I listen to your music that it's got like a real Ameri- American tinge to it and mm. I, quite, I quite like that because yeah. You don't necessarily get a lot of that coming from Ireland. Like yeah. I, I, Irish people are normally in, influenced by Irish sounds, whereas there's not that much Irish influence. Only from my subjective viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. It can, it can come, come and go. It's kind of there is a lot of this blues bands. There was uh, bands I could, I could mention that kind of definitely had an Americana thing going on in in the Dublin scene, like the Hot Sprockets and the Eskies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There was definitely elements of bluegrass and Americana that were finding their way into a lot of bands in Dublin. But for for me, it was kind of, I don't know. It was definitely. It's like soul music and like Delta Blues music that I, I'd fallen in love with as a teenager. And that kind of just, the hooks were in me, I think, for a long time. There was a bluegrass band from Dublin that my mum seen once and they were called Prison Love. Prison Love. Yeah. And uh, my mum would listen to the to the bluegrass music all the time in the car. Yeah. And I was like, mum, why are you listening to a band called Prison Love? It's just it's a, it's <laughs> a, little, it's a little bit off key. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I actually got into listening to bluegrass quite a lot off, off of the back of sort of like things like yeah. that. There's, I Draw Slow was a Wicklow-based band. Mm. Really lovely bluegrass. And it's just like, it, for me, it's the families. I love bluegrass families. I love I love blood harmonies. I, I, I love the idea of a three, three generations singing together. Yeah. There's something quite... Yeah, lovely about that really sweet about that yeah totally the Carter family or the kind of you know um, totally yeah so I want to talk about obviously look, almost going back to the demo um, mm-hmm. take me to church We've, I kind of swiped off it but I've got yeah. a, a couple more questions to ask on it totally. surely you must have known when you when you wrote that song that this is this is the biggest song that I've written or this is the best song I've written or like how, how did you feel about it like after um, after that? Yeah, I, I was excited about it. I did feel proud of the song in a way that I I hadn't experienced in other songs that, I, that I'd written. It's hard. It's a hard one to put my finger on. I thought that the song would mean something to to a certain amount of people and I thought that the people who, who got it would get it and I was I was happy with that. I felt I had I had like I was happy with the song and I was happy with what the song on its own terms had achieved but I didn't think that it would be the hit that it that it was mm. um, like when you listen to the demo not you know it's very it's such a sparse song and that like the song itself even even in its released form was incredibly sparse there's no bass on it there's no bass guitar or anything like that um, and we used to kind of joke myself and Rob Kier when we, we were tracking retracking a lot of the stuff in, in Dublin he would joke you know and he, he does it with a lot of 
like when he'd finish a song up and uh, he'd kind of joke. And it was kind of like this, we're going to mail that one straight to the charts. You know, this isn't going to be on radio. You know what I mean? That We thought, we assumed that maybe on like alternative radio here yeah, and there, yeah. you know, but not. It's weird. It's like because like when when you hear it, you're like, "Wow, this is like you know, obviously an incredible track," but it was so different to everything that was on the radio at at that point. Like like I kind of opened the door. I, f- I feel for a lot of other artists. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think you would have Rag and Bone Man on the radio right now if you didn't have stuff like Take Me to Church, this trailblazing that sort of bluesy sound. Yeah, maybe not. And that's that's what I think is encouraging. Is is like I think when people get a chance to listen to different types of music, when people are given the opportunity to hear something that they haven't heard before, you know, if they connect with it, they'll connect with it. You know mm. what I mean? And, and people people are are open to it. You know, and you get those unlikely hits, and as a result, it's just uh, labels then you know, they'll hedge their bets on, on something similar to it, you know, and, and, and they'll go, Okay, we don't have to stick to what we've been we've been sticking to. Let's let's try other similar And that's similar well that's that's how scenes and sort of movements and things, things happen. But that's that's it's simply that's business as it's well, isn't business, it? Yeah, yeah it really it, is. no, it definitely is. Yeah. Um, but like that, that that song took you all over the world and almost took you out of your parents' attic. Yeah, and, and <laughs> gave you sort of like an infinite infinite air miles. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and like you know, it happened for 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 me. It seemed to happen very very fast, but for you, probably not. Yeah, because um, you you were working, you were in like. Doing a few yeah. choral ensembles, you were like writing demos. Yeah, yeah. I I will say I was like working on demos and I had a lot of material that, as I left college, and I had had from even back when I was in school that I had been demoing and working on and honing and stuff and like mm. hitting walls with here and there. So with with church and the and and, the, and these three other songs that I had just demoed and I put these demos on SoundCloud publicly, um, I recorded them at Rob. From that point on. It all, it was incredibly quick because I only felt like I had just I had just kind of gotten to a point where I was articulating a sound that mm-hmm. I felt worked for me. And yeah, let's I, develop this a bit more. Exactly. No yeah. time. No time. Boom. This <laughs> yeah. is on radio now, and it was yeah, it was incredibly fast paced. Was, was there a lot of pressure on you to to deliver the album within a time? Because like you know, you see people who who get a big song and then it takes them a long time to get a record out, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and almost it slows down a the, little bit. There there was there was definitely pressure. I didn't realize. Well, I was only talking to my manager about this yesterday. Like that's well, the song started being played on play, played on like American like radio. Across, you know, across the, the place. I think it was like Alabama Mountain Radio and stuff. Just started started playing it. KYO Fort, yeah, Kentucky, and, yeah. And yeah. It, we had hardly started promoting it. It just it, the video got got the song to a lot of people's hearts and minds, and then it just word of mouth just spread on on, on the song, which was fantastic. But I was only speaking to my to my manager about it. I was like, was it this busy last time? Because it's you know it's always busy when you promote promoting an mm. album. And we're like, we we finished that album in between the road, so I would have a week at home. And I would get straight in the studio and record another few songs or two weeks in Dublin. That's testament okay. to your resolve to be able to um, do that because you'll, you'll have never experienced anything like that before. No, no, yeah. And I, I think in a way that nearly helps because if if I had, if I was coming from some other baseline of going like, this is how, like, <laughs> like, you know, it was nearly like, well, oh, Jesus Christ, not this again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Was, it was more like, oh, I, I suppose it's just always what, like yeah. this, you know, and well, you just well, rise to it. When you have like people like Taylor Swift turning up to your concerts and packed out arenas and you're flying all around the world, how do you retain normality? Like, it's like, I would find it would be very difficult for me to, mm-hmm. to, to not get carried away with all of the... 
Um, accoutrements that come with. Yeah, there's nice. There's like, I think I think it's it's always good not to not to believe your own hype and to believe your own bullshit is very important. I think Irish people are fairly decent at that. Yeah, we're we're cut down to size once we start once we start getting above our station. Totally. Yeah, and like Irish people <laughs> never forgive you for for. Uh, for believing your own look out no there's your man <laughs> yeah that's you know totally I mean? it's, it's, very, it's very much so like oh fucking big Mr. Big Head yeah totally yeah totally and even you know like you're, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't but like <laughs> you know but um, there is that I think it's important and also I, I kept a lot of people who were around me from, from early on were, were around me in, in the early days but also like yeah th- there's a lot of people blowing smoke and there's a lot of flattery but you know you'd be wise you'd be wise to kind of take everything all of that type stuff with a, mm. with a pinch of salt well that demo of Take Me to Church by Hosier was pretty special um, we needed a mental breather now because when we get into the second half shit gets serious we'd start talking about big topics and you're going to need to concentrate so give me an um um okay that's enough I want to tell you about my book it's called The Slacker's Guide to the Music Industry and it's basically everything that I've been working on for the last two and a half years really as a book but also for about the last 14-15 years of working in the music industry. I've done various different bits and pieces in it. I've done nine years of playing in a band. Um, I've been running a record label for four or five years. I've been uh, working as a radio DJ for about seven years and uh, yeah, I've kind of found myself in this weird um middle of a venn diagram where i can like get incredible artists but also like get amazing people who are very knowledgeable on the music industry side of things so i decided i wish that i had a book when i was younger like that would tell me various different bits and pieces and i've boiled it down to 20 chapters including mental health um looking after that funding one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Management, um, online presence, uh, not presence, which it would be nice as well. Uh, There's shitloads of stuff in there and it's taken me a long, long time. And yeah, I'm very, very proud of it. And I've decided to do it myself. 
which is chapter 11 DIY. So if you want to message me at Philly Tiger or Instagram or Twitter, and listen, I'll probably not speak about it much more now until I can get like a pre-order up for it and all that. But anyway, it's coming out and I'm very excited about it. Part two of the Slacker podcast with Jose. So the the new single, like, mm-hmm. it feels like it's the culmination of a, a long time love of strong female voices. And it feels like a song you probably couldn't write on the first album, like, or, yeah. or or you couldn't write maybe when you're younger. Because yeah. like, I don't know, it, fe- it feels like it's a very much a record that you had to write now because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of courage to be able to put together a record that has such a a protest. Um, yeah, vibe to it. Yeah, and I, it was a w- very different world four years ago as well too. Five years ago, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing what what. <laughs> but it, it, it it screams to me. This is a confident artist who feels very open and safe, um, putting himself out there. Yeah, um, I I don't know. There's always the second guessing. There's always like I I him. Should I be doing this? Is this the right totally, move? Yeah. yeah. And this song, when I was writing it, like the, I, I back I went back and forth over. Like, how much do you want to say, and how like do you actually want to do you want to do this, and is it is it worthwhile? And like, there'll be blowback, and there'll be eye rolling, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But but you know, it's it's such an incredible. We're talking about Nina, um, Nina Crypar. Um, it's such a a perfect message. Like you know, like you're standing up for the people that have been affected by racism, have been affected by well, civil rights movements, really. Yeah, totally. And it's more there's that, and it's it's also just. On a on a on a larger scale, on a kind of like on the long term scale, it's more at a time like like, like this. Uh, it's just remembering like like at a time where kind of protest is happening commonly, and as such, there there will be a you know protest will be vilified, and it'll be it'll be responded to by institutionalized like power, whether it's state power or, or corporate power. You know, it'll be responded to in in a way that is that is to try and curtail protest in, in whatever form. But it's it's just nice to remember, like, all of those things, whether it's the civil rights movement or whether it's any form of progress that a- any of us enjoy in our day-to-day lives, like workers' rights or civil rights or voting rights, etc. They're all delivered by acts of protest and they're all delivered by just actually speaking about it and actually standing up and doing something about it as opposed to, you know... Um, and, you know, it's nice to just to, to write something that, that tries to credit that and... You know, credits the legacy of somebody like Mavis Staples, and you know how important it was. If we didn't have artists like that, if we didn't have people who stood up back then, you you wouldn't have the progress that we that we enjoy today. And it was a different time standing up for what people believed in back in say, like it, it, like for example, Billie Holiday, and in, in um, she would sing about racism quite a lot. Obviously, Strange yeah. Fruit and Band from Theatres, like, yeah. yeah. But she was she she had her cabaret license taken off her, and she yeah. and she wasn't allowed to play anywhere she had to um she had a lot of bad time with uh i think it was like the the, the cops like they were basically planting drugs on her and, yeah, and yeah. she was getting lifted for that and that's because she was try, trying to stand out and say something yeah yeah and i to- mean totally totally and that that's never changed really you know what i mean that's, that's i mean if you look at russia if you look at things like pussy riot mm-hmm, um doing, yeah. doing their things in russia totally like, totally look at colin kaepernick who is incredibly vilified for just for saying something completely unradical that maybe we should be addressing, maybe maybe the the state, you know, the the US should be addressing the fact that its citizens are 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 being are being killed by a police force, 
and there's there's very little being done about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they that's considered radical that he that he might say that, and and it's kind of, you know, he's he's it, it, it's been trying to stifle that. You know, there's been a, such that's such a hot debate over. You know what I mean? Or um, as you say, Pussy Riot. Um, what, whatever like, I do don't think? ever remember there to be such like, I don't know maybe I'm living through rose tinted glasses or whatever mm-hmm. but I don't ever remember there to be a time in the world with so much division and uh, almost like it feels like you people are getting pulled in each way and, yeah. and there's like it really feels extreme people on both sides and yeah. no it's a very confusing it is a place, weird it's a confusing really. time and I've got I've got people who would be friends normally mm-hmm. and they have been friends for years oh, yeah and they're disagreeing over what Jordan Peterson said or what this said and <laughs> yeah. I'm like guys just don't fucking listen to yeah, him just don't make care. up your own mind yeah 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 there's 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 a lot of that yeah but it is a really polarized time it's it's fucking weird you know and part of that is like like you just if you look to history like this this happens a lot of the, a yeah. lot of the time 2008 we had this this huge economic downturn like the the largest crash since since wall street since the 1920s wall street crash mm-hmm. you only need to 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 go back to the 1920s and see what happens after that where the, the everybody's left a lot of people were left destitute and everybody's angry and looking for somebody to blame all it takes is just you know everybody's looking for some word of wisdom to tell them look this is somebody else's fault or this is blah 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 and you know so you find yeah. the scapegoat. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Find the scapegoat. So like, there's that for for reactionary politics, but then there's also and and like you know the kind of the upswing of kind of authoritarian, uh, you know, blame blame the immigrant type rhetoric. But then there's there's uh, also it's mad that everybody has you know we, we have access to. I think another reason people feel like they're everybody feels like they're being confronted by everything all the time their beliefs are being confronted their values are being confronted by something is that you have access to everybody's has access to this massive um, global megaphone that they're all <laughs> screaming into all at once. Yeah, exactly, you know? and you don't have you don't have a slight opinion on something. Not nobody has a slight opinion. Yeah, yeah, it, this, it, it is like I disagree with this so much that I'm that gonna I I'm gonna death threats and, death threats and I'm gonna get you sacked and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and this is gonna happen and. Yeah, there's yeah. the polite discourse doesn't exist. No, online. it's it, uh, yeah, yeah. I, exactly. Well, I, I find that with Twitter, I think I think that is mainly Twitter as well. It's mainly this Twitter because at least with Facebook, you can just yeah, you, have, just, you, you live in a bubble in Facebook, but yeah. you, you live in the middle of the fire on Twitter. Yeah, true. You, yeah, and Instagram just doesn't. It's, just, it's kind of like a fake alternate universe. Yeah, yeah, true. true yeah, <laughs> I'm actually off Facebook, which which is personally well, anyway. Have but, you, did you delete it in protest? Is this no? I just found. I would just actually it was when things started getting busy for me, and then it was just like I just couldn't couldn't check it anymore or whatever like that. Oh, oh no, I mean no, I mean like my personal personal Facebook. I yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because with uh, I've done that a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've like yeah. thrown the toys out of the pram. I've like I've wanted to delete Instagram. I've wanted to delete Twitter. Mm-hmm. I've been like I would be a better person. I'm going to live under a tree yeah. and I'm going to read books all getting day. Off the grid. Yeah, get, getting off the grid. That's it. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. live off spuds and like, grow out the back. Yeah. And then very soon after, about like normally about two hours later, you're like. I want to type Manchester United into Twitter search to see some transfer gossip. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, totally. It's crazy. But when you go on tour and when you come off the tour, mm-hmm. there's two different versions of yourself. As you know, that's the, the, there's the one that is getting up, has to be at this airport at this time mm-hmm. and has to do this interview and that interview and this show and that show. But when you come off that, yeah, you need a hobby. You do need a hobby. Because... I, I, I've interviewed a lot of musicians and I've spoke to a lot of musicians and I've been a musician myself and I've seen 
some people absolutely lose themselves mm-hmm. after they come off a big tour. Mm-hmm. They, sometimes they put on weight. Sometimes they have alcohol issues, mm-hmm. drug issues. Mm-hmm. How, how do you get around that? I, like I heard you briefly talk about it once before, and I was thought that was very fascinating because it's a very it's not something that's often talked about. Yeah, you, you do need a hobby, and I think in a lot of ways, my hobby, I, I got into like I plugged into the twenty four hour news cycle, and then in a lot of ways, like you know plugged into that realized a few months in it was like I just need to step away from from this because I've that's almost I've, that's more hectic it's more hectic yeah, yeah it's crazy and it's all bad news and so I think that's definitely in in a way that's kind of something that it, that it influenced the uh, a big tone of the album was just this okay well fuck it the end of the world's on the way you know what I mean it was this kind of let's let, let, let's make sure there's a good soundtrack for it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> this is the last album I'll ever make does um, does that does that mean um you Having having that sort of like not obsession, but that sort of hobby of like tuning in and learning so much because you retain information as we were talking earlier on, retain information quite well. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, does that mean that like the album is going to be quite it's, difficult and doom and gloom? It's it's. No? I wouldn't say it's doom and gl- it, uh, there is a doom and gloom there, but I I would I would I said that in a very tongue in cheek way. It, it looks at a doom and gloom with a sort of a wry eye. With a wry eye, yeah. And and if if this is the worst case scenario, and it, like yeah, I was definitely drawing from the kind of like the rhetoric of you know fire and brimstone, like like two nuclear powers, uh, you know, just the pissing contest of global politics <laughs> that was going on <laughs> yeah. in the last year, you know, um, just rid- ridiculous <laughs> shit. Um, so the, and so it's kind of drawing from from that and 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 looking at that sort of doom and gloom from different. Sometimes it's very hopeful. Sometimes it's quite funny. And sometimes it's kind of just. It's, you know, it's it's sad. But I, I'm dying. I'm dying to hear it. I can't wait till it, when it comes out. Well, is it coming out soon? Do, yeah. Do, do you have a date? The album early next year. Early next early year. Next year. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you talk about like you know you come back and you're into global politics. But what about like the what's what's going on in Ireland? Because mm-hmm. like I I'm from the north, but I'm from Ireland. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the way. Course, that's, yeah. that's the way I look at it, and always yeah. have done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got friends who live in London and they want to move back to Dublin, mm-hmm. but they can't afford to move back to Dublin yeah. from London. Yeah, it's just that mental. That is absolutely insane. Like yeah. London is one of the biggest cities in the world and one of the most expensive. Yeah. And when people are telling me they can't move back to Dublin, that breaks my heart. Yeah, it's mental. I've I've friends of mine, a couple of my friends, I know some of them listen to this as well, that are moving back in with their parents and they're like, yeah. you know, 30, 29, 31, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's gone off the scale, really. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's really disheartening to see. There's a, there's a total rental crisis and a, and, a, and a housing crisis in Dublin at the moment. And, and uh, like, you know, I have to be careful because I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just whinge down the mic at you now. Oh, that's like, fine. Like, please, I, please do. <laughs> um, we use it as cheap therapy. Yeah, yeah, totally. But like, you know, I, th- I think I, I, people are incredibly frustrated at home because remember, like everybody bailed out, uh, bailed out the banks back in two thousand and eight, who had you know all of this, all of this kind of distressed or, or, or kind of you know all of this bad debt that 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 the taxpayer has paid off, and as such, the state then created this this this. Uh, Asset asset management agency that that was to to like and and has in its possession essentially like hundreds of thousands of nearly completed or empty homes and yet there is this outrageous housing crisis this outrageous rental crisis and um, very little is 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 being done to, to because I, I've got like real sort of. Um, rudimentary knowledge of like like Irish politics because I've grown up with. Um, 
in Northern Ireland with the British media. Yeah. Right. So when you grow up in Northern Ireland, you get you all your media is like you know if I want pop music, I go to Radio One, okay, and okay. like I. But you're you, you're only thirty miles away from a border. Like I'm 30, yeah. thirty miles away from a border. Yeah. Yeah. And everything's so completely different. Yeah. So when I when I speak to people about the Irish housing pro, uh, crisis and stuff, I'm like I feel I feel like I'm from France ah, but like and, it is, and figuring it out you know like this the, is, it, is a, it is a technically it is a different country you know what I mean so that's and it, yeah, there's different news I mean RTE you know even even if you even if you if you if you if you plugged into the 6-1 news on RTE every day you probably you'd still be similar enough yeah you'd be similar enough but like you still wouldn't have you know I don't have a great knowledge of exactly the, the ins and outs of, of yeah. why how NAMA works and how the asset aid agency as, I guess you know. that's a, it's it's really down to that sort of question of like cultural identity and what and who you, yeah what you associate as and I associate as like a an Irish person but when you go to like you went to Trinity mm-hmm. you meet a lot of people that have been sent to boarding school or they've um, come from foreign countries and they've been mm-hmm. sent to boarding school their whole life mm-hmm. and I've met a lot of people like that and they. Feel like they don't have like they've got no country like it's right, almost okay. like that they're yeah. like I always get it with like Americans quite a lot where they're like well, yeah we don't have our cultural identity yeah that scares me yeah it's 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 interesting it's something that I that I love about being from from Ireland is is this sense of kind of um I don't know I think it's like that when you're in a very very large nation or, or a large kind of like like basically like a federal state let's say a huge huge place like America and there is there is just, I don't know. There is there is something nice, as you say, about about you know being from Ireland and feeling like there's you know. a, there's a comfort to it. Yeah, and like I'm very happy with the fact that I can call the NHS mine, but also that WB Yeats is my favorite poet, and I yeah. love the Pogues. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> do, yeah. do you know what it's I mean? Really sweet, yeah. I, I I had this sort of road to Damascus moment when I was about twenty, and I was like, mm-hmm. I get to have my cake and eat it. I can have Joy Division and. Like Planksty, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. my favorite band, yeah. and I can claim, yeah, totally. I can absolutely claim both of them. Totally, yeah. No, I, I like, I think, I think that's, I think that's a good thing. I wish, mm. you know what I mean. And like, you know, totally, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, you've got a new song coming out, um, and it'll be out by the by the time that this this comes out called Movement, mm-hmm. and um, there's there's a real there's a real story like a a journey from this song. And mm-hmm. it almost starts at Take Me to Church. Mm-hmm. And how Take Me to Church was used in a video by a, a ballet dancer. Do you want to tell me about it? Because you'll tell me about yeah. it way, way better than Yeah, than totally. Me. Uh, Sergei, Sergei Palunin uh, is this amazing Ukrainian um, ballet dancer, the dancer from, from the Ukraine, who was the youngest ever uh, primary at the, at the Royal Ballet here in London. Like this, this phenomenal talent. Um, I think he was he was still a teenager when they when they put him as their their primary kind of like basically soloist um dancer. Um amazing there's an amazing documentary about him called Dancer and uh it's kind of it just it just details his his life and his his burnout as well too as you can imagine by the time he was 22 24 I I would imagine you know uh, experienced this tremendous burnout because he was working did nothing but dancing his whole, you know, his whole life, so much pressure. And then just the body and how painful. This is a dude that, like, 
dancing is incredible and the certain the type of dancing that he's doing it's so physical it's pure contortion and the, the, the abuse your body gets totally. from from being a ballerina totally. I'm not speaking from experience, <laughs> experience here, certainly but, yeah, and yeah. I, you know like this is this is the type of thing you have to come straight off stage and ice every bit of your body like or else or suffer swelling it, it, can't is, be a, it can't be a job that you can still do into your like mid 30s I don't know how I don't know how it's like it's like really intense athleticism so uh-huh. you know that you know and it, it kind of details how it's just an interesting documentary and how he it was you know having to take just to even perform having to take you know paracetamol and, and painkillers before going on stage etc and um but anyway he's like he he's this inc- incredible kind of raw talent and he um did a collaboration with a director called David LaChapelle and um David LaChapelle who uh you know they they he did a dance like a performance to one of my songs and uh, when I saw that I, I, I didn't realise they were working on that I saw it it was wonderful and, and it brought the, the song to a lot of people's hearts and minds in a very different way so on this track Movement which is just you know it's just about kind of crediting and just writing about the wonderfulness of, of, of movement I kind of referenced him in the lyrics and then and then reached out you see would he be interested in, in being part of the video which is it's, it, it's kind of it's, there's so much mutual respect there because he's taken your track because he wants to to, co- to make a dance mm-hmm. with it yeah and yeah and then you write this song but you, did you have him in mind while you were writing the song I I didn't he kind of came as a the idea was was hanging around in my head for for a while and the kind of chord progression and then it kind of took form and then the the verse there there's a kind of a a little kind of simile or like I don't know simile would you call it in 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 the lyrics just comparing him to to to, to something else. Which I was really happy about, and and it was nice to. I thought that was just going to be a nice nod to what he had done mm-hmm. it, it, with "Take Me to Church," and then when the talk of video came about, and it was like, okay, let's let's do a video for this. It was like a no brainer. It was like, can we can we see if if Sergey can can be involved? Because he he left then dancing for quite a while and mm-hmm. came back to it because he was known as the sort of bad boy of ballerina. Yeah, like, he, he's he, totally rock and roll. Yeah, like, he is. Like yeah. I, I watched the video. Just um, your manager, Caroline, showed, showed it to me down downstairs. Yeah. And he's got loads of tattoos. Yeah, and yeah. She was scars telling, across his chest. Scars across his chest, and, and how he left dancing and almost came back to it because of that "Take Me to Church" track mm-hmm. and the video that they made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You might have saved somebody's life. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't know about. That. I don't know about that. But like, do you ever think? Do you ever think about that with some of the messages that you get on Twitter? That 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 your music is so profound to some people that it is the difference between life or death with some people because I'm sure I'm sure with the way that you write your music and mm-hmm. how fervent your fans are that that must be a big big thing yeah it's it can it can be intense man you can get some intense messages and, and people you know want to share that with you and that's mm. really that's amazing and if, you, if you've if you've done something that means something to somebody that's really rewarding and it's and it's great I think it's mad to put on someone though, because like, especially when you you meet somebody after a show, um, somebody could walk up to you and give you a big hug and go, "Oh, that show was great," and then this, the person behind would be like, "This is I, I've got I want to talk to you about something very deep and personal," mm-hmm. and then they leave, and then the next person wants to be all happy and give you a hug, and yeah. you're like, yeah. oh "My God, I'm broken." Yeah, yeah. that story has broke me. Yeah, yeah, that's that has happened a few times, yeah. and it does it, it does you know it, it weighs it can, it can weigh on you a little bit. So I, I try to. Uh, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. You're kind of kind of keeping a distance from your own self a little bit. Yeah, you know it's I mean? it's not something that you thought about when you were getting into writing music. Uh, totally, yeah, totally. Yeah. But it's yeah. We've speaking of your fans. Um, I I asked them if they wanted to send me some questions. <laughs> Holy shit! <Yeah. laughs> they 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 did. Actually, I'm going through them now, and I'm trying to like. Right, we can't read that one. (laughs) No, we can't read that one. Um, Here's one. Were you surprised by the reaction for your new EP uh, when it was released? Or were you a little bit nervous when it came out? And that was from Sam on Twitter. Um, I was a little bit nervous, of course. um, Because it's, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of stepping back into the ring a little bit and saying, look, this is what I've been working on. Um, So, of course, I was was a little bit nervous, yeah, um, as always. I like this one um, from Anna and it's just a really simple one she's actually asked three questions so I'm not going to ask all three do you have a favourite poem? do I have a favourite poem? I do have a few favourite poems yeah uh, well, loads come and go at the moment and that's I've had for a while there's a there's a poem by Seamus Heaney called Mint which is I, I really really enjoy um, and it's just a simple I, I'm a huge I'm a, just a total Seamus Heaney fanboy I have to say I'm just his work means a great deal to me and it's just um but it's just beautiful the way he writes about the land and the way like that kind of you should come up to the bog land and dairy for, for a little bit of inspiration to- maybe. yeah totally yeah, yeah. totally um, I'd love to you know he's you know um, uh, I've always liked uh, WB it's, he was always my guy and then yeah it's the Sligo area I think as well yeah he's up around Sligo and I, I quite like John Cooper Clark as well because he's, he's a bit more rock and roll with it yeah. I, I had a poem of his at my wedding called I want to be your vacuum cleaner <laughs> Which is oh, right. I have to check that out. Yeah, it's, out. it's a bit mental that yeah. one. But mint, mint by Seamus Heaney is lovely. Yeah, it's just about kind of you know, it's just about things that things that survive and grow in in unlikely places and and just keep keep going, just keep living. Like mint is a, it's a bit of a thug of a plant. It grows and it's about you know, discovering that a, a, a clump of what looked like a clump of dusty nettles, that you know, grew wild at the gable of the house. You know, discovering that it was mint and he's just. It's just writing about this 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 mint that you know would be cut on Sunday mornings and brought into the house and 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 used and loved, um, but it's just nice. It's just this nice kind of thing, you know, crediting the the kind of the survival of of something like that. Um, if I take anything away from this conversation, it will be mint is a thug of a plant. <laughs> it's a thug of a plant. It just <laughs> keeps going. It grows in very barren little areas. Yeah. Um, Reese's pieces, not the actual. Uh, American peanut. Although it would be nice to get some free stuff from them, wouldn't it? it would be yeah. Um, it says, which one physical possession that you don't own yet, but wish you did? One physical possession that I don't yeah, own yet. That's a difficult one. That's like, you it's know, a tricky one. You don't want to just be really boring with it and just go, I'd love a PlayStation 4. Yes, I know. Well, um, I. I don't know. I feel, and this is something that you definitely arrived to, I've, I've arrived to in the last few years. I, I just feel so ridiculously privileged like it doesn't I want for so little and in you know what I mean in the world and I, I yeah so I can't really that's uh, no that's that, that's fair enough I don't think I'm a f- sort of physical person yeah or physical possession sort of person yeah yeah I, I, I want to achieve things in my career and in my life and yeah. you know like like life things like having a family and stuff like yeah. that but like the rest in is terms just... of possessions is like the rest is time. a swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's who 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 wouldn't man? Who wouldn't? Um, if you could, have we got another one? Why the choice of the violin instead of the cello? Wow, that's keep keeping it quite uh, yeah. quite niche there from Nath. Yeah, it's 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 tricky. Um, 
I mean, when you listen back to the first record, there actually wasn't a great deal of, of, of cello on it. I think it's one or two songs. Um, but I did want to keep the string element in the live shows. And, uh, but also what was, it was only when I kind of met Suzanne uh, Santo. She's a fantastic fiddle player and a fantastic guitar player as well, you know, in her, in her own right. And so what was great about that is we could keep a string element and also on some of the songs I can hand the guitar responsibilities over to, to Suzanne and, and just perform the songs a bit more. So mm. it was kind of, yeah, it was great. Let's see, we'll take, we'll, we'll take one more. Whose swimming pool did the did you shoot the album cover art in? And is it easier to be tall and walk through doors in an underwater room? <laughs> what the fuck? That's from Bring the Noise on Twitter. That's the last, last one. I'll that's, ask about that's, that. that's a tricky one. It was a it was a friend's. It was a, a, a friend. We had to gain access you, to um to a friend's spot. When you tell somebody you're, you're doing photo shoots underwater, it can be a nightmare with insurance and stuff like that if, it, if it's a business. So yeah, get hold of, of, of a friend. You have to like, you go have to go ask the, the, the kid from the Nirvana album. Yeah. Like, how, yeah. what, what, how what did what, you do what, what forms did you have to fill <laughs> yeah, out for yeah. that? What was your red tape? Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, I've got another question actually, right? Mm-hmm. And that's on the Mavis Staples trying to need a crowd power. Mm-hmm. I just love the fact that when you're naming everybody that was a protest singer mm-hmm. that you know exactly who every single one of them are by their first name yeah yeah so like you've got Marvin yeah Marvin Gaye yeah um, you've got like Patty Patty Smith Billy Billy Holiday Joni Joni yeah. um, Woody Woody Guthrie yeah. I mean Dylan Bob Dylan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but was it difficult to like did you actually think about that when you were like writing that name down like was there a certain when you said John, you said John, it was John Lennon, didn't you? Yeah, I think it's Lennon, actually. Was it, did you say Lennon? Yeah, right, but I said James it. Brown. James, that was it, James. Yeah, yeah. And James was the only one that I was like... It's two names. Ah, oh, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. if you said Brown... Yeah, so that's... I'm getting incredibly pedantic about it, but I, I really enjoyed the motif. It was tricky, yeah. And really, my brother asked me about that when he first heard the song. Uh, I think like that was like super early feedback. James Brown is the only one that actually has both names in it, mm-hmm. and it was more because every other name, for the most part, is a two-syllable name. And if I just said, you know, James, you know, James Brown, it just just it just worked worked. And there's a lot of artists with James who would be harder to yeah, yeah. Brown. And then could the, be Jackson Brown. I think I, I I I blew my producer's mind on when I was playing it on the radio there not too long mm-hmm. ago. I was like, well, actually, if you, the album version, or so the EP version's got a couple of extra names on it. Yeah, <laughs> the it actually the album version does have probably a few more names, a few more verses as well too. Is there? We did edit it down. I don't know if I don't know what it'll be like on the album. I have to say at this at this stage, we're still. We're still discussing. Is there le- is there legends out there who are getting in contact with you? Going, I've written a couple of protests. Yeah, is there, any, I, is there I, uh, any chance, dude? There's names that I would I would. There was definitely a few names that that on the radio edit that were that were left out. But um, have have, have some come to mind since then? Where you're like going, so many, oh my god, so many. They write incredible protest music. So many, uh, loads. It, two which I would which, um, I would have loved to have on on the radio version in particular. I think I think. Uh, somebody who's underrated for their contribution to kind of, I sometimes, I I sometimes dislike the term protest music because it it sent it 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 can give the wrong message. But somebody who writes really music about about people and the and the struggle of people and and you know the society that we hope to live in and that we all struggle towards and like you know crediting crediting the good the good things of you know 
of people at the best of us, etc. Mm. So uh, Bruce Springsteen does, does Springsteen, of course, huge. You know what I mean? And like, that's another one you could get Bruce or Springsteen. You're gonna yeah, get it totally. Yeah, and like he, you know, born in the USA. Um, like the ghost of Tom Joad and stuff, stuff like that had some the most misunderstood song of all time totally yeah completely <laughs> Donald Trump using it for his like rallies and you're like this is an anti-war song isn't it <laughs> yeah totally um, um, and then of course uh, Bob Marley as well too Bob Marley, Bob Marley yeah an absolute no brainer I so. mean like redemption song like he is the yeah yeah, he is the, the like. I mean, his whole modus operandi was to sing about togetherness and yeah, totally, one love. Totally, yeah, yeah. But that's the great thing about doing the song live, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's you, it. You don't need to put it on the album. Everybody will feel special. And you know what? Like, I'm just sort of on a sort of more thinking. If I was like your manager or something, I'd be like. My God! Every time you go in, you should find out who their protest singer is and, and, and say <laughs> yeah. that they would love it. Totally. Yeah. You're in Poland. You start giving shoutouts to Lakwalasa, and you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> let's do it." Absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen. Um, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to shoot the breeze with me, and I've very much, yeah, very, very much enjoyed it. Yeah, it's I, a good I chat. I can't wait to see where the album and all the rest. Thank of you. Thank you. I'm, thank I'm, you. I'm, we'll be we'll be gigging gigging in December and UK and, and, and Ireland again. So do do swing by a show if, if you're up for it. Big time, man. Yeah, do it. Keen. It's good chat, man. Thank you. Thank you very much to Hosier, the man himself. It is hard not to swoon in his intellect and uncompromisable beauty. He is a very genuine, intelligent dude and I enjoyed that conversation very much so. Uh, thank you to his manager Caroline and to his team for setting it all up and of course that amazing demo of Take Me to Church. Uh, cheers to the engineer at Wise Buddha Studios in London because I totally forgot to download that link and you're normally given like, what is it, seven days on WeTransfer and I obviously thought I had downloaded it and kind of like checked on the eighth day and it, the link had been deleted and I shot myself and I thought, oh my God, I've lost one of my favourite interviews. And the good man at Wise Bitter recovered it for me. So thank you very much to him. And thank you very much to the Slacker team and Jenny for producing and editing this podcast. I have been Phil Taggart. This has been the Slacker podcast. You're all a great bunch of lads. Thank you very much. And I'll see you next week. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.